Yeah, don't be creepy. All right, check one, <laughs> check two, check three, check four, I try check to do five. really loud stuff when I'm talking about coffee. Oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. Do you see that? <laughs> I'll try to back up if I scream. Yeah, those, those levels are not okay. We're going to blow people's eardrums out. I'll try to back up if I scream. Okay. That's not super loud. Ah! Ah! I think we're good. Okay. Welcome to Bossy Pants and the Nerd. We're Mel and Kevin, and we're going to chat with you about our passions, what we've learned, and what we love. Also, we're married to each other, and you get to listen to us talk. You are welcome. You know, they always say that around any dining room table or any family gathering or in polite company, you shouldn't ever talk about two things. Never talk about religion and (laughs) never talk about politics. Today, we are going to talk about both, because that's how we roll. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. So uh, we're recording this in the middle of September, um, so I'm fully anticipating there will be something absolutely insane that will happen between now and when this podcast is published that we are not going to mention, and you're going to think to yourselves, oh, my word, how did Kevin and Mel miss talking about this super important thing? It's because it hadn't happened yet. This is very, like, NPR up first. Like, at the time of this recording... We need a timestamp. Yeah. So if you want to be the timestamp for our next podcast... Thursday, September 10th at 10, 11 a.m. A timestamp recording, and we may use (laughs) your voice. No, we will not. (laughs) Ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) If it's good enough, I I might make it happen. We'll see. I don't know. Okay, so we've got a big election coming up. It's almost November. Is it always November? It's always the first Tuesday in November. Unless it's November 1st. It can never be November 1st. Okay. And we're all a little bit heated right now. No. Um, I typically like to not really get uh, involved in politics because it's not fun. <laughs> it's uh, stressful and people get easily angered, and that makes me very uh, uncomfortable. So, for Melanie <laughs> likes tranquil relationships where everyone is having fun and everyone is getting along. I yeah. stress stresses her out. Yeah, p- political debates are like my the least fun I can possibly imagine having. Uh, but I grew up <laughs> in a home that was very strongly Republican. I grew up thinking uh, in the evangelical church the only way to vote is republican because they are pro-life and that is all that matters is unborn, Can you define pro-life for uh, us? unborn babies uh anti-abortion uh all the way yeah you the can only thing that matters is that's the only thing that matters if you're if you're pro-life yeah it's just abortion that's the only thing and i am slowly learning that you can't there isn't an easy answer that all of these problems are complicated and there's no, there might be a right reason to vote Republican, there might be a right reason to vote Democrat, but I think saying, uh, as to quote Mary Darling, it's complicated. I'm just going to have to go ahead and say though, your presidential vote this coming fall, I hope that's not complicated for you. Yeah, yeah, that's really what we want to talk about is how do you, how can you be a Christian and uh, vote this in this election? And I think a lot of people are going to, I'm, I'm terrified actually by how many Christians are going to vote for Donald Trump. And I'm devastated by that. And I'm freaked out that it actually might happen because I think that it is the farthest thing from Jesus to vote for this president. And so why don't you tell me why? Because he is technically 
pro-life in the political mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. So why is it that you say that you are dismayed that Christians would vote for a pro-life candidate? Well, I hate even talking about this. It makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> but I feel like we need to talk about it. Um, because to say that you are pro-life and to treat immigrants with uh, brutality and locking children up uh, and separating families is not pro-life and that's not in the way of Jesus. And to talk the way that he talks about women, about other candidates, about his office, about his beliefs is ludicrous. Like, what is even coming out of your mouth right now? Like, I can respect the office of the president, but I do not respect the president named Donald Trump. (laughs) Right. And speaking of the way he speaks, um, just to give you guys a little mental frame of reference, as of this recording, Trump had come out in the last 48 hours with the tapes recorded of him saying point blank. um, I I wanted to downplay how bad COVID was going to be because I didn't want people to panic. Um, So basically saying on tape that he was acknowledging that he misrepresented how dangerous COVID was going to be when he found out about it way back at the very beginning of the year. Yeah. Um, I'm predicting by the time this podcast is released, most of y'all are going to forget that it happened because mm-hmm. there's always something new. And so like, that's the big thing for us today is like, oh my goodness, he just straight up said, I, I acknowledge that I, I kind of lied about that. Um, but it was for a good cause, so that's fine. Let and us I, I, remember how much we hated Bill Clinton or anyone else for lying. But because Donald Trump is pro-life, we will continue to vote for him. Y'all can't see this, but I'm doing the little Kermit meme thing where and you tr- sip your tea and say, but that's none of my business. I am smoing all over the place right now. <laughs> okay. So right, I that's just how hard I'm sipping I just had right this now. breakthrough thought that I'm wondering <laughs> I'm assuming a million people have had this thought but it feels like new information to me. Christians is evangelical Christians want to vote for Donald Trump because babies' lives matter, which I 100% agree. I believe life begins at conception. Let's I do be not clear, white evangelical. I Christians. do not support I do not want anybody to get an abortion, but I also understand that problem is complicated and that there can be rape or some incestuous relationships. There can be a uh, mother's life at risk. There can be all of these like clauses that we don't know about. We need to take better care of the mothers. Anyways, this is not my point. Okay, <laughs> so we want to say that babies' lives matter. Okay. The, the response to that would be, no, all lives matter to Jesus. Like... We have to take care of immigrant lives and uh, gay and lesbian and trans lives and black lives and women's lives and all of these like populations, gigantic populations of people that our president is. Can you please turn off your phone? You're distracting me. Our president (laughs) is disregarding entirely. And yet those same people who say only babies lives matter. That's the only thing that matters is fetuses' lives. Uh, Also want to say all lives matter in response to Black Black Lives Matter. Right. Because God forbid we separate a specific (laughs) 
section of vulnerable population and say Black Lives Matter and somehow disregard... No, we're not disregarding all of the other lives that matter. But no lives can matter until the vulnerable ones matter. And the vulnerable ones include fetuses, yes. They include black lives. They include Hispanic lives who are crossing the border. They include people who are in the country illegally. They're, they include the Muslim population that is targeted as terrorists. Or the native lives of everyone we they, stole the nation from to begin with. Yes. They include the women. They include the children. They include the poor. They include the LGBTQIA, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like IA? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of other acronyms that I mean, I, I knew up to the LGBTQ+. Plus. Yeah. Like, I didn't know about the IA. I can't remember what it is. Is it intersex and asexual? Maybe. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember. We got Anyways, acronyms, folks. So it just doesn't make sense that you would say only this, but you can't say Black Lives Matter. Babies' lives matter, but don't separate Black Lives Matter. So what you're saying is they're not being consistent yeah. in their positions. Yeah. Which is another way of saying they're being hypocritical. Right. Okay. I want everyone on this podcast who's listening right now to know that Melanie, believe it or not, is the one that is less fired up about this topic. <sighs> And so less good at this is the this crazy topic. thing, though. Like, I remember when I was a freshman in college and we were voting. That was like, what, Clinton and Bush? No. No. Bush no. and who was against him? And I was That like, wasn't in college. Yes, it was. No. Freshman year of college or, or, or senior year or something. I remember praying in my prayer journal that George W. Bush or something would win because... Was that the Bush Kerry election? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Because I remember there being guys walking around with like the big head masks that like covered their whole faces, and it totally freaked me out because I hate oh, things yeah. that cover people's faces. See, I couldn't vote in that election. I wasn't old enough. Oh right, you weren't old enough. So right. that was the first election I voted in, and then we got married, and it was the first summer we were married, two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. It was the Obama McCain. McCain was it really? Yeah, they were. Oh right, because he had had two terms. Bush right. won, and he had two 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 terms. And you didn't vote in that. I did too. No, I don't think you did. Yes, I did. Did you? Yes, I did. Okay. Um, I feel like you didn't, but yeah, I remember voting in that election. But all of this, just saying, like, very. I don't know if the right word is incidental. Like, it didn't really affect me in a really. Whew, the way that I feel right now, where my pulse is like 120 right now, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, how can this be happening? I, I, oh, I don't even know what to say. I wish that we could keep politics out of church or out of the, I don't. away from the dining room table. I wish that were actually possible because it's so heated and I don't like feeling this way. Okay. But I, we I can't. I wish it weren't heated. We I cannot. wish everyone would agree on the ground rules for discussing it. Sure. And I but think, I don't think we can separate or should separate right. them. And that's that's what I'm realizing is that the ground rules need to be that we need to listen to each other actually and not just talk past each other. We need to listen with open ears and and believe that the Holy Spirit might convict us about something that we didn't think of before or that we didn't think was important. We need to be respectful and kind. (laughs) And that is something that our president is not. Like, and that's just basic interaction. But why, why do we think that we need to keep politics out of church? We think 
like we've lived under that like we shouldn't talk about money we shouldn't talk about politics at church like mm-hmm. and yet that is exactly what jesus talked about all the time mm-hmm. he was subverting everything that was going on in their hierarchical religious and uh political sphere mm-hmm. do you have a response i do i have lots of responses <laughs> what is your but, response? i mean you've been carrying it so far we're I like know. 12 minutes in Woo! and you've been doing uh you've been doing work you are welcome people all right kevin's gonna talk go <laughs> well I, I i was serious when i said i wish we all oh, had the same ground rules like and yeah be kind is nice um but i think that if you're gonna ask people to be kind as a basic ground rule you're you either need to be willing to enforce that mm-hmm. or you need to be willing to let the righteous people be unkind like who do, how do we decide who the righteous are uh i think that the righteous people are the ones who would be willing to be kind at the expense of themselves um and i'm not saying one side of the argument to the other i'm just saying that there are a lot of people out there who are very politely sharing what they believe and they're getting trampled by the people who are selfish jerks. And I think that's where I feel like I am now because I've tried to be polite my mm-hmm. whole life and it it's not. Right. Like Jesus that, wasn't polite. He that, really wasn't. Well, that's what I mean about ground rules is like the ground rules can't be you must speak quietly and calmly. Like as soon as somebody gets emotional. Obviously. <laughs> you you so. can't write people off as soon as they get yeah. heated. Like you can't go, oh, oh, you're up, you're upset now. Now you have to back out of the conversation until later, like because that, I mean, that's basically like the ground rules for polite Christian debate. That's true. Is like if you're getting heated and it starts to feel a little personal, like we can't have that. Yeah. It's like, well, guess what? Systemic racism is personal. Yeah. Like it, it, it's something that should be personal. You should be personally invested in ending systemic racism, mm-hmm. and if you're not. I question whether you fully listen to the Holy Spirit on that matter. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not questioning your salvation or anything like that. But I am questioning whether or not you've allowed the Holy Spirit to speak into your heart about the issue of racism in America. Time out. I need to respond to that because in a good way, in support, because I question the same thing. And I, I can already hear the people who are going to say, but I pray every single day. Like, I know that there are people. I know the people who pray every single day for our nation. Man, our, our daily and they bread pray. is worn out, I am telling you. Yeah, they pray every single day for hours. That's all they do. And I believe that's, that that is what they are doing. However, I question what they are praying for. Because they are praying for other people to change. They are praying for you to change and for me to change and for our country to change. And they're not praying, Lord, what in me needs to be changed? What in me needs to be opened up and cracked apart and like broken because I've built this up and this is not of you. And I challenge you, if you are a Christian, to pray that. To pray like, Lord, how do you want me to vote? Not change our nation, save our babies. Like, okay, fine. Like that's that's a fine prayer every once in a while. But like, our prayer should be focused on, Lord, change me. What in me needs to be healed? What in me is broken? What ways am I participating in broken systems and hurting other people? Yeah, I don't think it's one or the other, though. 
What do you mean? One I, I don't think you have to say I'm either praying that I would be changed or I'm praying that other people would be changed. No, yeah, that's true. I think it's when you get one without the other that you have an issue. That's the if problem. If you're only yeah. praying that you would be changed and you refuse to pray that anything outside you will be changed, well, now you're like some hermit living in a cabin and you're doing no one any good. That's right? true. That's bad. That's true. And if you're praying that everyone else be changed, but you've never examined your own heart or let God speak to things that you might be doing mm-hmm. that are wrong, well, now you're probably a sanctimonious jerk and nobody wants to talk to you. I feel like John Wesley said something about there is no personal holiness without social holiness. Is that what it was? I don't know if it was Wesley, but yes, I, I know I've read that quote. Yeah. It, and so it's one of those things where it was what we've got in this <laughs> culture today is that we have a lot of people who they're already just assuming, like, oh, I, I've got the answers. This is fine. And, like, you notice, like, I, I've i gone as far as to say y'all shouldn't be voting Trump in the fall. I haven't said y'all should vote for Biden, right? Like, I think Biden is this smart game-the-system kind of play because he's the one who's going to beat Trump if anyone does. Yeah. But I'm not a huge fan of Biden either. Right. You know, like... And so I'm, I'm walking this fine line where I'm like, I legit don't know what's going to be left of our country four years from now if Trump gets his way for another four years. But I also don't really love the idea of Biden in charge because, like, there's a lot of stuff I disagree on that guy with, Harris too. and Michelle Obama should be. <laughs> Is it Kamala or Kamala? It's Kamala. Kamala. Like Kama? Kamala? Kamala. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I but, like her. And it's one of those things, though, like, okay, so Shane Claiborne wrote this book, Jesus for President. And it's one of those books where I haven't personally read it, but so many people have talked to me about it. I will probably never get around to reading it because I feel like I know it's in it all. We listen to Shane Claiborne a lot and you follow him on Twitter. So he's basically your BFF. Uh, We're, yeah, we're best friends, really. He totally knows who you are. Shane, if you're listening to this, one, thank you for listening. Uh, It's an honor. And two, I'm sorry for misrepresenting our friendship. He came to Spring Arbor when we were like freshmen. Yeah, I saw him from like 100 feet away. Yeah. Um, but anyway, all that to say, like the the whole premise of the book is that you, you want Jesus to be president. You want the kingdom of God on earth. Like that's that's the goal of Christianity, mm. and that's basically incompatible mm-hmm. with American government, no matter who's in charge. Of yes, it. amen. Right. So <laughs> let's just acknowledge right now that you will never find a candidate that matches your belief on what God would do if Jesus were president. Like, that's just it just will not mm-hmm. ever exist. People who live the kind of lives that Jesus lived are killed by the government. They don't run the government. Mm. That's fair. That's a good point. <laughs> so that begs the question then, how should we vote? By what criteria should we participate in this 200-year-long-running civics lesson we call America, <laughs> right? Like, I, I mean, because we got a bunch of options, right? Like, you could Not say, do well in civics. hey, I've got one issue that matters to me, and it's that I can keep my gun so I can make sure I'm safe. And the second issue is that I need to make sure that abortion is illegal, right? If those are your two issues and that's all you care about, then yeah, vote Republican, I question why you care about your gun and abortion more than everything else, but okay, that's fine. Um, especially when abortion is not the leading cause of death in America. Mm. So if you're pro-life, like let's look at the things that affect life, or why or black women die more in in labor and delivery than maternal mortality rates. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's insane. 
Yeah. And this is 2020. Why are black women dying in delivery rooms? I mean, racism? Jeez. I, I mean, that's the, the Lord short answer mercy. is ra- racism. I'm so mad. You know, and, and I want to be careful. Like, when we talk about... <sighs> When I talk about racism anyway, I'm not talking about, well, I think the doctor went in that day and was like, man, I'm going to kill someone mm-hmm. and I'm going to make sure that person I kill is going to be black because I hate black people. Like, mm-hmm. no, I don't think that's what's happening. Yeah. What I think is happening is that we have these subtle biases that we've been grown up, just surrounded by. Mm-hmm. And so those biases and those privileges that we have as white people, like I got free college twice. Right? I am never afraid of you walking down the street by yourself or of me walking through a store. Like, no one ever follows me. Right. So let's not pretend like white privilege is not a thing. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that we've never struggled for anything. There was a time we had 60-some dollars in our bank account, and I was making almost no money. Like, we've had struggles in our life, but being white was never one of those struggles. Right. And so that's what white privilege looks like, is it's not that I've had a super easy life and everything in my life has come easily... But it does mean that being white has made my life easier than it would have been otherwise. Because mm-hmm. I got free college tuition twice. The type you know, of racism like, we're talking about is very subtle. It's very covert. Well, it's subtle if you're white. Yes. Like, we don't, we don't know. Like, <laughs> if it, you're it's, not white, it's not subtle. Right. It snuck its way into everything that we do and say. So it's just normal. Because, I mean, the NC, uh, NAACP, uh, or, you know, is it Title IX that allows for, like... Title IX is non-discrimination clauses. It's a really big law. I don't know where you're going. Right. I mean, I'm just thinking like, well, of all the people who would say, well, minorities get all of the scholarships. Oh, you might like affirmative action. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a a non sequitur. Let's go ahead and like throw that out right now because affirmative action is this like boogie word that doesn't actually really exist the way people think it does. Mm -hmm. There are no quotas in college admissions that the schools did not themselves set. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. There's actually been almost successful lawsuits saying that schools have too much gone that way voluntarily. Mm-hmm. But there, there is no law in the books that says you must have this many people of minorities in your school or else. Like mm-hmm. that, that law just doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So if you're mad that that law exists, I have great news for you. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but all that to say, like systemic racism is a part of america Mm -hmm. like the two at least as of right now are not able to be separated Mm. um if you're white you've probably benefited from a system that is racist on a basic level Mm -hmm. right if you are not white you have been hurt by a system that is racist on every level Mm -hmm. um and again that doesn't mean there's individuals out there who hate you because of your skin color that doesn't mean that that is the root cause of all of it. It's this pervasive background thing that's going on. And frankly, one of the reasons to come back to the main point about why I can't vote for Trump is because he comes right out and says the quiet part out loud. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was, what, two weeks ago, I think, he came out, which would be like the end of August, I think. He actually came out and tweeted to suburban people, hey, don't worry, if you reelect me, I'll make sure to keep your communities, quote unquote, safe, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and make sure to protect your property values, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hey, I'm going to keep all the black people in the inner city where they belong. Mm -hmm. Um, That last part is my interpretation of what he's actually saying. But like, he says those things pretty blatantly. Or he calls, uh, I forget her name, 
She has three initials, but he calls her Pocahontas. No, you're mixing two people. Oh, AOC okay. is Alexandria Casio cortez Okay. And you're talking Who's about Pocahontas? Elizabeth Warren. Uh, oh. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. What does he call? That was the joke, is he's making fun of her because she claims some Native American oh, ancestry, okay. even though she's lily All white. All right, never mind. Yeah, that was but, its own thing. But hasn't he come out even more strongly? Like, that was a little bit covert, too. Like, it could be like, well, you know, we're just going to keep your housing... Up, we're going to keep uh, public housing from affecting your property values. Like, that can still be kind of covert. Hasn't he, like, outright said really racist things? Well, I mean, he called... Well, I'm just going to quote it. This is going to be the, the swear for the podcast. Okay. I mean, he called everything in Africa shithole countries. Yeah. That's a quote from the president. <laughs> so if you're mad that I said shithole, he said it first. You shouldn't vote for him. Um, and then, you know, or he came out and he said that uh, nobody in a predominantly black district in Boston. Like, it's this rat-infested place, is how he characterized wow. it. Um, you know, and, and, like, there's all these instances where if a place has more minority people than white people, he has no problem just throwing them under the bus and saying, well, that's just a shithole country, or that's just a rat-infested place, or, oh, in Chicago, everyone's shooting each other, or in Portland, the place is on fire because they're too liberal, mm-hmm. or, you know, like, he just... There's this vilification that he's very comfortable with Mm -hmm. that is intentionally divisive, intentionally playing on fear. And perfect love would cast out that fear. Yeah. If you had an ounce of honest Christianity, you wouldn't be able to say those things. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to go ahead and, and smack another thing in the face is don't call Trump a baby Christian to me. Um. You know, I, I haven't heard that argument in a while, but I bet it's just kind of in the back of everyone's head still. Mm-hmm. Um, that is complete and utter bullcrap. Mm-hmm. Um, the man has come out point blank as saying, I can't think of anything I've done in my life that needs forgiveness. Or when asked about his favorite Bible verse, he can't name a single Bible verse. He's like, oh, it's a, it's a private thing. Well, no, it, it's actually not. You know, go into all the world and preach the good news. Never be afraid to give an answer for the hope that you have. There are scripture verses that you maybe should have memorized Perfect if you were love a real baby Christian. Is I think First John four sixteen. It's a it's one of the John epistles, yeah. Um, and that like that's what he's doing. He's fear mongering. He's making sure that we're all afraid of the other guy, which is incompatible with Christianity. Yeah, and so that's the thing is if you want to actually love your neighbor, you can't subscribe to trump's brand of politics Mm. you can't they are absolutely 100 percent incompatible even more than the typical empire versus kingdom of god politics are Mm -hmm. because i don't think an empire like america can be truly compatible with the gospel right we're not going to be a christian we're we're not going to be able to jive those two things together certainly not as long as we deny people health care because they don't have money but let's not get into that one just yet and heads up we were never a christian nation (laughs) Well, I mean, we were founded on freedom from religious persecution, but we left England. Mm -hmm. England was literally a nation where the king was the head of the church. Yeah. That's what we wanted freedom from. Mm -hmm. We explicitly wanted to found a country that was not explicitly Christian. Mm -hmm. I, I I don't know how we managed to rewrite that particular brand of history, but I mean, it's it's... It's obvious as soon as you stop to think about it for a second. Like, we wanted to flee religious persecution because the Church of England was too much in charge of the state. Yeah, and we We wanted separation of church and state. So that that phrase that we love to rail against 
is actually the reason we left a Christian nation to begin with. Right. It's not in the Constitution. It's not in the Declaration of Independence. It's not in the Bill of Rights. You know, and so it's it's one of those things where, yeah, it's gotten a little mixed up with, you know, judicial review and the Supreme Court. But it, it it's one of those great incompatibilities. Like, either you want to fight against separation of church and state because it wasn't in the Constitution. And so, therefore, you believe that the judges and the Supreme Court should not be able to create new laws or practices. Well, I got news for you. The Second Amendment doesn't talk about individuals' rights to own guns. It talks about a well-regulated militia. Mm -hmm. That's been changed over time to include individual right to own guns by the Supreme Court. So you got to pick. Do you want to get rid of both the individual right to own guns and separation of church and state, or do you want to keep both? Because you can't have it both ways without being horrifyingly hypocritical or ignorant or both. Mm -hmm. And you can't call yourselves Christians when you're, like, treating people by driving them out of their own land and conquering and conquest. Sure, yeah, our, like, our nation's so history is nightmare. Like, there's so much grossness in our history that to call us a Christian nation is bogus. <laughs> Anyways. So... All of that to say, when uh, you know when this comes out, maybe a month from now, whenever it actually comes out, um, I think we've got another four podcasts, and then if season two starts right away, this will this will air right after the election. So we'll probably know who the next elected president is when this airs. Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy. That's about all I can pray right now. Yeah. So I mean, to summarize it, like I, I know there there's a lot of sanctimonious finger waving going on right now. Um, Find a way to participate in the public forum with some semblance of compassion. Mm. And I also want to point out that sometimes the only compassionate thing is to go to war against injustice. Mm. Because doing nothing would be the opposite of compassion. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, there's a phrase that I used in our church sermons for a while there. You know, love your neighbor means that you don't get to see your neighbor in pain and do nothing. So I, I really hope that by the time this comes out and by the time the election happens and whatever the story is, it would grieve me deeply to find out that after all of this is over, white Christendom yet again saw people in pain and we did nothing. Hmm. Let's be better than that. Mm -hmm.